When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Broncos coming after far. Throws it over the middle. Intercepted in front. The first championship for John Elway and the Denver franchise. The Spanning Colorado sports, college and pro, it's time for Clark and Company. Brought to you by Argonaut on behalf of the Other Side Academy Addiction Services with Michael Clark. National, regional, and local voices on Clark and Company are heard on the winnersandwiners.com hotline. And welcome, everybody. Hey, happy Saturday morning. We'll start on a somber note, but. Uh, also a happy note in some ways. We got three of them real quick here before we get to our Broncos blast to open the show with Ian St. Clair. I am Michael Clark. John Bad Dude Stearns, gone at 71. So sorry to hear. Not surprising. Uh, when I saw how he looked being honored on the field September 2nd at the Colorado TCU game, a great one gone. One of the greatest nicknames ever, the Bad Dude. He endures uh, with that nickname and with his prowess from an era of much more color in baseball and all sports when players were non-corporate characters, real characters. Uh, tennis, Roger Federer gone, uh, retires at 41. Uh, amid the grunters and the screamers, Federer was, I think, the Joe DiMaggio of tennis. 
the most graceful glider across the court. With Serena Williams all but officially retiring, and now Federer, uh, it's as if Madeline Mays or Jordan and Magic uh, retired the same month, players who dominated a generation. And finally, we say great career to Sandy Clough. Who, uh, who has been a favorite of this show and of mine as a sports talk listener and eventually a, a sports talk practitioner here in town. I was here as a guest on shows before when Sandy arrived in 79 uh, and then grew to uh, watch his career grow, and he was the best, and he has been the best. Sandy has been terrific. So, and on that note, we start our show, and we don't, we don't ever pretend that we can do what Sandy did and does. But uh, we'll lead off with Broncos Blast with Ian St. Clair. Follow him at Ian St. Clair on Twitter, at PlayColorado.com, and read him there and at Mile High Report, where he does the Broncos Odds and End Zones podcast. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Michael. Hey, uh, just, you know, (laughs) tough first week of the season for Nathaniel Hackett and your Denver Broncos. And uh, we think of you as Mr. Positive. So I'm expecting some balance on this thing for, you know, but you know, you, you look at that game, uh, poorly coached, terrible penalty, including delay of game penalties, missed tackles, assignments, failures in the game plan, the same old dink and dunk passing game. Uh, throwing drop-offs to the backs and not the tight ends, the wide receivers, abandoning a run game that looked like it could have driven Seattle into the sea, pun intended, uh, and everyone looked like they needed a dress rehearsal to avoid a, a, really a loss in a game they should have won, losing to a, a really unimpressive team. But there was no dress rehearsal. Uh, so... With all, with all that said, where do you stand on the Broncos for 2022? The sky is definitely not falling. And despite all those issues, if there isn't a false start penalty on Cortland Sutton, Andrew Beck gets a touchdown. If uh, Tomlinson's toes aren't a little bit shorter, if they were a little bit shorter, Russell Wilson throws a touchdown. So uh, Sobert was close to bringing in another touchdown. So despite all of the things that you just mentioned and reeled off, they still should have beaten the Seattle Seahawks. I think that's the biggest takeaway is they should have won this game despite all the myriad issues that you listed off. And despite all that, Russell Wilson still threw the ball for 340 yards. They moved the ball at will against the defense that if you listen or read Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk and Tyler Lockett, uh, who somehow thought that um, Russell Wilson was giving hand signals away, yet he still threw for 340 yards on a defense that knew that it was coming. Devontae Williams looked like the running back that we all thought he was going to be. The defense fixed up its issues big time in the second half and limited Geno Smith and the Seahawks to literally nothing. So I think that's the biggest takeaway is there were these, there were the issues. There are definitely the problems in the red zone, which is the biggest thing for me, but they'll get worked out. And I think that's, that's the thing to take away from this. And as I told Adam on the podcast, I would rather them lose an out of conference week one game than say the Los Angeles chargers losing a tough division game that they were up and winning in the first half 
the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, you great you mentioned that game. That was a familiar game. My my brother, who's become a Charger fan out in L.A., um, the same way he became a Mets, not a Yankees fan when we grew up in New York. Um, he, you know, not not the big boys in town, but the other guys. And uh, calls me up at halftime to see if I'm seeing what he's seeing and that they're dominating Kansas City's line. And I told him, I said, I've seen this game many times before. Usually it's in Kansas City in December in frigid weather. That's that's hard to play in. But that teams come in and they play Kansas City and they look like they're going to beat them. And, the, and Kansas City wins anyway, even though they you might outplay them for a half or three quarters. And guess what? Kansas City wins anyway. I, I still say, at my preseason prediction, uh, Kansas City is the class of this division. Yeah, I, I, especially the way they looked against the Cardinals. But I don't know how much that was the Chiefs as opposed to how bad the Arizona Cardinals are. So we'll see. I, I think the Broncos are still going to be in the discussion. I think they have... The pieces in place. I think um, going over and going against the Houston Texans and then facing the San Francisco 49ers and then the Las Vegas Raiders and then the Indianapolis Colts. There are some games in place now to to get that, that first that first week out of their system, get it flushed, get that game experience that there's that debate going on on whether or not that Nathaniel Hackett should have given them game reps to get ready for situations like this. And that that's a debate that's going to, to, to wage. But if you look at the Rams and you look at the Packers, Packers had another week one debacle and they rebounded until the playoffs last year. So I think it's, they, they have games to get this, to get this flushed, get it, get it figured out. And I, I think it's definitely going to help that they're going to be at home on Sunday as opposed to being on the road. You know, Packer is a great example. Uh, I cite that one myself. Uh, lost, embarrassed opening game. I think it was against the Saints last year, and, and they win 13 games. Yeah. So, yes, and, and they say the most improvement occurs between the first and second game, which is what's scary for Colorado's college football teams because they're going to be playing uh, they're going to be playing their third games, and and uh, they look so terrible in the second game. But uh, you know, we'll talk about that later in in the show. But you know, I, I think fans need you know need your positivity. So I mean, let's let let me be let me be the negative guy here. This is still a team finding ways to lose. Two fumbles at the one yard line. Melvin Gordon continuing to fumble at the worst possible time. It's a almost like a Drew Locke mentality, it seems like. Whatever, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. They dink and dunk to the running backs. They say chicks love the long ball in baseball. Russ loves the long ball. But they're not even throwing to the wide receivers in the first quarter. Uh, they're throwing to tight ends and to running backs, and they're, and they're dinking and dunking with They're not even throwing it downfield to those guys. I mean, this is an inexperienced coaching staff, and it looked, frankly, it looked really poor. And I'll counter that by saying they still had the third or fourth best offense in the week. They threw for Russell Wilson threw for 340 yards. The issue was in the red zone. The issue was getting the plays in late uh, on both of those fumbles. It was on fourth down. You had shotgun snaps to run. That's what I don't understand. I mean, yeah. I get it that that's what they did with, with Aaron Rodgers and green Bay, because it brings up the run pass options, but they were just completely out of sync on both of those fourth downs. That's the issue to me. The offense moved the ball at will 
against the Seattle Seahawks. They were able to do whatever they wanted to do, whether it was dink and dunk. Okay, he still threw for 340 yards. You're going to win games when you get that kind of offensive momentum going. The thing is, is that they just didn't get it into the into the end zone. But yeah, it was it was <laughs> Cortland Sutton getting a false start penalty that would have that took away an Andrew Beck shovel pass touchdown. And I think the thing that I this is now it is now a trend for Melvin Gordon. And uh, there are people who are going to defend him. Fans will defend him. They like him. He okay. Javante Williams needs to be the bell cow back. He needs to be the guy who gets the carries because he's shown that he can run it and that he can be the guy out of the backfield to catch it. But he, he so got the touches, but they were passes. They got threw to what they threw it to him eleven times. I mean, it was they were passes, yeah. not runs. Correct, but he's he still made a difference as a running back too. So I think. They'll make adjustments. They'll target the receivers more. I, to me, it was just being ineffective in the red zone. You can't go zero for four in the red zone. No, it's it's points on the board. It's the same game. thing as as the last few years. You know, they they can't outscore teams even when the defense holds the other team down. So let's get to, let's get to uh, in our last minute or so here. Let's get to the Houston Texans game. You're obviously playing without Justin Simmons. The impact there. Glasgow in for Minards. Glasgow, uh, good veteran, but doesn't seem to have the explosion that made him an outstanding lineman. What's your prediction for this game? I, I think the Texans are going to be a scrappy team. I, I think they're going to take on the mantra of their coach, Buddy Smith. That's what he did with the Chicago Bears and taking a team quarterback by Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl. So I think they're going to be a scrappy team. It's going to be an opportunistic defense. It's going to be a conservative offense. I think Russell Wilson and the Broncos are going to get the issues ironed out. But I think given how scrappy the Texans are, the line currently sits at 10. I think the Broncos won by 10. It could become a bigger blowout than that. There's going to be a lot of emotion and energy at Mile High Stadium with Russell Wilson making his home debut. A Broncos country, as we talked about, ad nauseum, has starved for this, and they're going to really take advantage of it and be loud and, and, and raucous like they usually are. And I think the Broncos are going to are going to win this handily. I'd say 10. It could be, I'll say 27-17. Could be bigger than that, but that's what I'm sticking with. Okay, very good. And Broncos are big favorites in this one. Hey, Ian St. Clair, catch him at uh, Mile High Report at PlayColorado.com. Ian, thank you. We'll uh, compare your we'll compare your prediction to the score next week. Thanks, Michael. All right, take care. Hey, coming up uh, next, Midwest One Bank's kicker with the kids. Mark Kisla asks, it takes six victories for a college football team to become bowl eligible. Will the Buffs and Rams win six games combined? What's the future for these programs? We talk about that. Then at 8.30, we have Bill Bender talking uh, talking about from Sporting News, talking about the college football's biggest uh, takeaways from a topsy-turvy start to the season, the big uh, ranked showdowns today. And we'll finish up with another Broncos blast with Ryan O'Halloran before he takes off for Buffalo uh, we'll ask the Colorado sports writer here what he's free to say now in his last broadcast with us as a Bronco reporter. What might he do uh, on the air? What might he say that he didn't say earlier? We'll find that out after this. You're listening to Clark and Company with Michael Clark, Saturday mornings at 8, presented by Argonaut, on behalf of the Other Side Academy Addiction Services. 
All guests on Clarin Company are heard on the winnersandwiners.com hotline.